Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 6 of the World Hoppers podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping out new readers navigate Brandon Sanderson's Cosmere, but also provide some discussion for longtime fans who may want to introduce someone to the series. I am Shane, and I am here with my co-hosts Alfonsina and Alana. Uh, today we will be discussing The Hero of Ages, and we will be avoiding spoilers for the uh, rest of the Cosmere, as well as Era 2 and Secret History. But we'll try to highlight what you can pick up as a first-time reader here that could be a hint towards the Cosmere, though that's going to be hard in this episode in particular, because the lines are very blurry. I don't want to accidentally say too much. Uh, so yeah, let's talk about Sazed at the beginning and uh, then talk about the homeland. Okay. Sazed in this book is heartbreaking. Oh my god. Uh, yeah. To read. Sazed is the reason why I, I don't recommend people going through a tough time of their lives to read this book. I mean, I'm like, okay, you're going to read The Hero of Ages. Please, are you okay? <laughs> Have a cup of tea. Think, are you okay? Because if you're not okay, even if somehow it's end up being wholesome this book is going to break your heart and make you feel that it's so oppressing the sense of desperation and sadness and and mourn and loss and bad things happening at the same time and everything i i felt like those those oppressive um sad things were focused on say it as the character yeah, it uh, made it really hard to read. I think Same. as hard as some of the Kaladin uh, stuff in Stormlight, mm-hmm. which is also really hard at times. Yes, definitely. And it's, she is just depressed because of Tindwald's death, and he has he's having a crisis of faith. And haven't we all have that crisis of faith? Yeah. I mean, yeah. not as bad as Caesar, because it is super religious, and he's just, like, rejecting religion after religion because they're contradictory. And that's, like, religion tends to be uh, contradictory in many yeah. cases. His circumstances are very particular, but the questions he's making himself, almost every human being makes those questions to themselves. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And religion, a lot of it is just us trying to like make sense of our surroundings, trying to find something in what we believe in, regardless of which religion you're from, or if you don't believe in any religion. And like even if uh, you're an uh, atheist like Yasna, I think that this crisis of faith uh, touches so many people so deeply. Mm-hmm. Because more than just the faith part, it's saves it isolating himself and, and just going sadder and sadder with every religion he rejects. And his friends try to get him to do what he loves again, that is preaching his religion. I mean, Breeze tries several times. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vin gives him the picture of the flowers that Mare oh, gosh. had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just besides, how can you not relate? Because so touching. one of the most common or understandable crisis of faith triggers I can think of is losing someone you love. Yeah, losing someone you love so much. I mean, in a romantic way, someone who is a member of your family or a friend, but just someone losing someone who you love so much and just going like, where is that person now? Where? is that person what are they mm-hmm. and uh, losing himself to the point of not finding happiness or enjoying enjoyment in the thing that made him himself it's 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 very sad i mean yeah he's he's really lost one can his really feel the thing. meaning in life i one thing because i was reading this i kind of just wanted to like shake Sazen and be like do you not understand that religion like as a religious person i'm reading this and being like religion isn't meant to be concrete and factual 
like a large part of that is belief that life has meaning yeah. and like searching for that meaning and so the fact yeah but that... he didn't have a meaning after losing her so it w- it was i felt almost as as if he wanted to finish the last page of his of his religions and not find mm-hmm. anything yeah because that's how sad he, he was, was looking to prove to himself that life didn't have meaning at that point and mm-hmm. so, like, just suffering through that with him was so difficult because there were so many times where I wanted to, like, give him a hug and then shake some sense into him. There were some times where, like, his friends sat him down and had these, like, hard talks sometimes. The interventions. Yeah. Yeah, like, even Spook tells him. Come on. Like, he tries to get Cesar to preach his religion again. Cesar mm-hmm. won't. I mean... <laughs> That's pretty telling. Yeah. And just the connection with the flowers and how even whenever he's having this crisis of faith, like, Vin was able to sort of break into that and just be like, here, you gave meaning to someone before. And now the fact that you're just, like, throwing everything away that you've done, like, you are ignoring the good things that you have done with this. And so reminding him of, like, Mare and her belief I think was very helpful. And then when you see the flowers at the end and oh, yeah, the note on the back. Oh yeah, because he returned the gesture. Yeah. He returned the gesture to, to Vin somehow, mm-hmm. somewhere, whatever she is. Yeah. So oh And so just, God. it came full circle with his crisis of faith. Yeah, but I mean, he ends up becoming one of the most powerful beings in the whole Cosmere. So it's logical and it, it gives me peace huh, in in my in my soul to to know that someone like him ended up with so much power yeah because imagine if someone different would have ended up with two oh, shards yeah. combined i mean he struggled so much he he had the he had the particular crisis of faith before becoming the reason that flares the faith itself so oh i mean it's good for the cosmere that he ended up ascending with those <laughs> yeah. two powers mm-hmm. um i mean it's nice to see that sometimes someone cool ends up with the power in the Cosmere, but that's not always the oh, case. Oh, God. Sadly. But <laughs> Let's that's not what even makes get started the, on the that. story. Yeah. yeah, we're all thinking about something and we can't. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but the journey was perfectly written for him to become... It worked really well. The Shard of the Bearer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, I mean, in the first book, you see, like, even throughout all the books, what brings meaning to his life is helping others. Mm-hmm. So you see him struggle with that and lose that ability because he's looking to try and help someone that isn't there now. And just him struggling with that throughout the entirety of the book and then finally finding a way that he can help others in such mm-hmm. a large way was just so amazing to watch. And, like, how he tries to bring this and Eland back whenever he's like now I have this power I can fix this and then kind of realizing that even when he can't fix everything there is still good things that come out of that like people get to rest finally and you don't always have to fix everything you just have to help where you can uh, I can't wait until every one of you whoever is out there listening to us and, and you Elena I can wait <laughs> until you go to era 2 and read Oh, because gosh. that's a world in which Seyser is the god oh that's gonna so, be amazing yeah all I'm gonna say is that it made me wish Seyser was the real god in my life <laughs> oh. but yeah who wouldn't want that <laughs> it's probably not easy to be a god in the Cosmere and that's developed in era 2 but 
Yeah. It's nice. No, and like every <laughs> Cosmere book. No kidding. It's a theme Brandon uh, directed. Because Brandon is a deeply religious person, right? And he really likes reflecting about religion. He really likes showing like very different perspectives of religion, I think. Mm-hmm. We talked about that. I don't remember if it was last time or the time before the last. But he can write characters who are very religious, like Sazed, or who have crisis of faith with so many of them. Or who are atheists like uh, Yasna, that's not a spoiler. Mm-hmm. And like so many different perspectives on religion. I really think it's fascinating how you know, Brandon treats it as a theme, like through the Cosmere. Yeah. And how important it is. Mm-hmm. I would have thought that, I mean, I don't particularly hate the religious topics, but it's not something that it's what, like my primary interest in life. So if if you would have told me that, Brandon wrote a lot about this on, on his book. I would have been like, meh, meh, okay, sure. But wow, I mean, it's so interesting now that you read it. Yeah, because he isn't trying like to preach to you. Like, he isn't trying to make you believe what he believes. He fully understands that everyone believes something different. And he's just trying to show different perspectives on it through uh, different characters. Yeah. And he can write characters who believe things that are completely opposite to what he does. And he can still execute it very well. Yeah, besides, don't you feel like when someone is an expert about something and when someone is passionate about something, they can make it sound like it's the best thing in the world? Like, I don't know, whatever your least favorite subject was in school, I bet that you had, like, at least once in your life, a teacher that was very passionate and good at teaching that, that subject. And you were like, I'm actually kind of enjoying this in a weird way huh i always feel these kind of feelings wow (laughs) my eloquence wow i always feel like annoyed at enjoying some stuff that i don't like at for example university what i'm learning and the teacher is awesome at explaining so i don't know i mean clearly brandon knows and has thought a lot about religion in general not about just his religion So he definitely makes it a very interesting topic. As long as everything else he writes, of course, everything is interesting with him. And so uh, just fast forwarding a bit because he is like with Spook during a big part of the but I think we can talk about that. When we talk about Spook, we can uh, talk about what Seizid is doing there. But when Tensoon comes and takes Seizid to the Kondra homeland so that Seizid can know what is there and also... Because, like, of the way, like, Ruin has been changing, like, uh, the middle plates and the Holy First Witness thing. God, Ruin. Yeah, uh, but Tensun takes uh, Seizid to uh, the Kondra homeland. And I love this section because it has some great reveals. I love these scenes in the Kondra homeland with Seizid. I mean, we learn about the first generation and everything uh, that happened and also the terrorist religion. And how, well, we get some clarity a bit on how Ruin, like, has been changing things, like, from the original, like, like beliefs. Yeah. As I always say, Ruin is autocorrect, <laughs> because he changes things as much as autocorrect does. <laughs> that is helpful. It's True, though. I have never heard you say that, but it's amazing. <laughs> He is. Oh my gosh. And I just loved seeing Seizid get like excited again because he got so excited about all the scholarly stuff that he could learn. And it was just so nice to see him happy again. Yeah. Um, besides, well, the, the best part about the ending of Seizid is that 
The thing that allows him to fix the world is exactly the knowledge that he discarded as false through his journey of being sad and not believing in anything. So it's wonderfully orchestrated and, and a very powerful ending. And how, who do you think is the MVP in this book? Because we have several <laughs> MVPs. <sighs> as in most va valuable player. I mean, I, I almost want to say Marsh without giving it a second thought, but also... Oh, yeah, I was I was oh, gonna no, no. say Spook. The Kandra. Because, I don't know, they all play so many important parts. Yeah. I don't know, I mean, Spook was amazing, but the thing that Marsh and the Kandra did, that kind of shadows. True, um, but Spook. Spook found out about the um, medals. Yes, the earring. And sent that note. So, I don't know. They all played such important parts and like, if Eland hadn't done what yeah. he did with the ATM, if Vin hadn't like directly oh, challenged no, Ruin, like there's so many. I here. wanted to forget about Eland <laughs> and the ATM. I wanted to forget oh, about that. <laughs> God. Yeah, that was too much. God, just that moment though of like, uh, you thought that we were actually trying to beat you, you idiot, you obviously weren't paying attention kind of moment was just so good yeah and i was like i know elon's probably gonna die in like the next five minutes but like yeah you you got that like last punch in and it was so good mm -hmm. yeah another example of these deific entities showing up their human side mm -hmm. i mean being such a such a suburb person ended up making ruin lose the game so yeah it's it's a very nice interesting trope that brandon likes these wonderful idealized entities ended up showing that they are someone in there in the end but yeah i mean it's unfair that marsha is the one that kills ellen in the end come on that was yeah that was too much well, god it was know, hard him, but yeah. i mean make him fall from like like yeah. i was going to say a spoiler oh my god uh, <laughs> I I contain my, myself about the way that someone else it's dies fine. in another book, but I was thinking just make him die differently. Just don't make Marsh kill Ellen. Chopping his head off. Come on, that was not necessary at all. Yeah, and I'll get to this in the lore section, but Ellen saw into the spiritual realm. Yes. Uh, not not too much realmatics here, but Ellen did into the spiritual realm. This is dangerous. And yeah. so it's a spiritual it's... realm, right? It's yeah, I know. And so like it was clear. I mean, the death flags were all over there, and I understand why Marsh uh, had to do it. And Ellen also himself like understood Hodo's preservation's plan, but it's just so funny. yeah. That was so difficult to read, and God, I was so glad because they said like, oh, Sazed put their bodies like together, and I was thinking, please tell me that he put Elin's head back on. <laughs> Because, like, uh, that yeah. would be so jarring that everyone's like, we won, let's go, like, walk out. And then they're just, like, their beheaded friend. Ooh. I was so glad when I read, like, the whole, like, apparently... Yeah. I'm glad yeah, that fixing their, their bodies, bodies doesn't yeah. bring the souls back. And I'm like, oh, thank God he'd, like, put his head back on. Because... God, yeah. Well, I mean, we can discuss this further in the the Cosmere episode. Spoiler episode. Yeah. yeah. There, there's like. Oh, there's so much to. There's like there. um, a connection being broken when you die between your physical self, your spiritual self, and your cognitive self. So if they died, I mean, yeah, says it can do anything because he he can literally reshape yeah, the I mean, planet. They're dead. Mm -hmm. 
but the the fact that that connection between the three realms was severed is not something that can be uh, fixed at least but says it and at I don't that think point. they would have wanted yeah I don't think like if they had had a choice oh, they yeah. wouldn't have wanted to come back I mean they've had such a hard time and they would have had to like lead the empire and they deserve rest you know and whatever the afterlife is which Brandon will never tell us. Yeah, they, they do these. They learn their lesson about love. Guys, so speaking of MVPs, do you guys want to talk about Spook and his whole part that he played? Because he may not be the MVP, I mean, but he was a pretty valuable player. If you are a teenage girl, <laughs> you don't want to be. You don't want same to be your idealized husbando. You you want your your male waifu to be Spook. I mean. The cool male character that you want to simp for. <laughs> That's Spook. That's not Zane. That's Spook. Okay, definitely not Zane. Yeah. yeah. But I also find Spook a bit annoying at times. Yeah, but if you're a teenager, you just want a badass boy. And the survivor of the flames. With the eyes. Yeah. God, uh, yeah. Zane is like the toxic <sighs> bad boy, where Spook is like the good supportive bad boy boyfriend that's like, yeah, 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 I drive a motorcycle, but I'm also gonna like show up at all your events and like cheer you on. So like, Spook is who you should want to <laughs> yeah. be with if you are a teenage girl. I have better choices in the company of who I don't want to be with. We'll get to that. True. Too. We'll get to, there are so many much but better But in your limited than... options I, within the Mistborn not... world, like yeah. it's Spook, Breeze, Ham, like there. Have... We should definitely play um, that game. <laughs> marry, marry, kill, and what? What is uh, the? Other one? I think the, the PG version is kiss. Uh... Um... Oh, so it's like um, an impure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, sorry. Okay, That's we can really say. Funny. Let's play kill, marry, and and kiss game with the characters of the Cosmere. That would be so funny. It reminds me of Ship and a Ribbit, which is hilarious. Now I want to take a, a poll into Reddit. I want to make a Reddit <laughs> Well, poll. check out our Reddit and we'll see which ones you want to kiss, marry, and kill out of the yes. <laughs> That would be so funny as like a bonus episode or something. Anyway, so Spook is flirting constantly, with, which oh my God. bothers me a bit. Like, oh God. Spook. I was so concerned. I'm like, someone needs to just like put this kid to bed and be like, just just sleep for a bit. Yeah. Like, stop flaring <laughs> your tin. Just relax Dude. for once. And like, mm. he's trying to compare himself to Vin and I'm like, you're, you're not a misborn. You don't play by the same rules. No. No. <laughs> There's a difference. It reminded me of an anime that I watch in which the protagonists are a group of pirates in which each and every one of them is mega hyper super powerful and and cool and awesome and there's this character that is like I'm weak I can't do anything I'm a burden to this group I should go and it's so heartbreaking because obviously he's not but he perceives himself as the burden and so he ends up doing painful things for himself, for his friends. Stuff happens because he can't acknowledge that he's valuable. And it's something that happens very often with people with low self-esteem or with issues. That they feel like they're not good enough. That they have to compare and contrast themselves with someone else. Which is somehow magnified. And Spook is doing just that. It reminds me of a certain Wheel of Time character. <laughs> I can't tell you because I don't think you've oh gotten there. Oh my gosh. 
us? Well, that's that's uh, I think that's the definition of the imposter syndrome, or is it something like that? When you think you are not worthy. I think Navani's more imposter syndrome. I'll cut this out if we think it's a spoiler. But like yeah. her with her not being a scientist, where even though she is all of these things, she still just keeps saying, "No, no, I I've just tricked everyone into thinking I'm a scientist and all mm. that." But yes, yeah, Spook definitely has some self-esteem issues that he needs to go see Kaladin about. <laughs> He does. He needs to no, go to need therapist. We need a therapist in the Cosmere. God, that therapist would <laughs> we need, need a like, therapist in the Cosmere. They they would need to be paid so well though. Like <laughs> poor therapist. Definitely. Yeah. But well, I mean, we all see Spook for the wonderful character he is. We know that he's powerful even even before becoming this savant. He was useful. He was powerful. Oh, he was a part of the crew. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, it's so twisted that Ruin took his connection with Kelsier to make yeah. him, oh, God, to manipulate him, because it, yeah. that was like an anchor to Spook mm-hmm. in that terrible moment. So, yeah. wow. definitely a toxic mm-hmm. one, <laughs> that Ruin. Yeah, Ruin took like his already bad self esteem and vision of himself and just twisted it even worse with like Kelsier being like, you're right, you're not good enough, you have to do all this yeah. stuff. And just, oh, mm-hmm. it was so Stuff, hard yeah. to listen to. Like making him be yeah. so reckless did yeah. you did you buy that though the Kelsier thing oh, um, where you're like oh Kelsier is there he's alive I didn't think it was actually Kelsier but I was trying to figure out if it was ruin or preservation that was using him oh. like using his image so you didn't buy it no um, nice. I thought there might be like because I didn't know if they could just like use his image willy nilly and just be like yeah we're just gonna show you whoever we want to or if they had to have like a previous connection to him because Demo mm. I remember specifically mentioned like that Kelsier was in the pits of Hathsin for like 16 months so they were like yeah so there's like some divine connection with the number 16 and so I was trying to figure out maybe he was working with preservation beforehand and so then preservation used his image but like now it's very clear that that was Ruin um who just yeah. decided to use his image yeah so yeah mm. I had I had a lot of theories it made me sad because I bought it oh I bought that the first time I was like yay Kelsier is back yay yay let's celebrate oh wait no no he's he's oh, me now okay yeah okay. I wanted I'm sad and then I was like that's not my I guilt. wanted to believe it but I <laughs> just I couldn't I was like there's something not right here this isn't yeah yeah it's relieving to find out and I was very curious about how are they going to make it like makes sense that he suddenly was like uh, a pewter arm mm-hmm. as well as a misting because it's very emphasized that it's either one metal or all of them so I was like what is this this is breaking my mental schemes I don't understand this has to be explained and it better be explained in a nice way and yeah it is yeah I thought that whole reveal was really well done and especially I didn't love his whole relationship with the citizen's sister all the time um I thought that was yeah I didn't like that was her a little weird she's easy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not the okay. But, uh, let's let's be a better person. She's conflicted. Yeah, she she has. But she hasn't quite figured herself. I out want to yet. be mad at her. Yeah, I want to be mad at her. But seeing like how his really good planning and how it all just kind of fell apart because he thought the wrong person was the misting. But then mm-hmm. also the connection, how she kept saying like, "Oh, you're just like my brother. Like you keep saying all these great things, but you're gonna turn around and do terrible things." And making that connection between they both have, like, the spike in them, I think worked pretty Mm. well to kind of reveal that at the end. But, God, there was so much going on, and 
the yeah. fires and everything. I was so worried that Spook was gonna die there, and I'm so glad that he didn't. He's being oh so reckless. Again, reminding me of another Wheel of Time <laughs> yeah. character I can't talk about. Uh. I was absolutely sure he was going yeah. to die because, I mean, Brandon had shown that he's not afraid of killing them mm-hmm. in the middle of the action, so yeah, yeah certainly makes you but worried. But I mean, of course, Sazed would save him and, like, even make him a Mistborn, like, God, I love it. <laughs> uh, the thing about the Mistborn is... It's weird. I don't think Spook <laughs> deserved it. <gasps> oh, okay. So, I mean, he... There okay, has yes. to be. There because, has to be a, okay. a Mistborn. Mm-hmm. In order okay, yes, to... it is important to have a Mistborn because there aren't any really around anymore. But I do think that giving him exactly what he wanted so long... Yeah, it did seem like a bit of a cop-out uh, um, for him dealing with his issues. Yeah, exactly. But, like, I kind of forgave it because, when he's like, it's from Kelsier. I mean, instead of him... Like, him I was like, okay, I'm I'm more okay with it now. I wonder if we're going to see someone else suddenly become a Mistborn. Because, oh, so I need a Mistborn. I mean, gonna order one, uh, get my delivery Mistborn. I don't think Sazed can do that easily, and I don't think he will because he doesn't interfere. Mm-hmm. Why do you think he can't do it easily? I mean, he did. Because of his intent, essentially. But let's not get into that now because that's dangerously close to spoilers. I don't know. That was Next weird. episode or in the year or two episodes, we'll talk about that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's a, he's a Mistborn. Just guy. imagine if he had given like the Mistborn powers yeah, to anyone I else there. I just think that like giving him exactly what he wanted after his journey of learning to accept who mm-hmm. he was and accepting himself for what he is is a bit... Non-deserved. He did a lot. I just think that Taser could have fixed his savantism and that's it. Yeah. No, I do get that. He went through all this like journey to like accept himself and then suddenly he became a misborn, which is what he wanted the whole time. So it did just seem a bit undeserving or unnecessary, I think, more. Because it kind of undid that whole character arc. But you do need a misborn, and imagine if he had made like Breeze the misborn or someone else. Like it just it would not have worked as well. Yeah. Oh, I besides, I think that um, I don't know if it's possible with Brandon's timing, but it would be certain certainly very interesting to see at least a short story or a short novel about Spook as an adult in the years before this Catacendri mm. event. However you call this apocalypse event that happened. Catacendri, Catacendri. Oh, yeah, uh, the Catacendra. Catacendra, yeah. okay. That's nicer. <laughs> yeah, it's actually a term that they never mention in these books, but they mention it very on in Era too. That's just how says it's uh, remaking of the world oh, is called. Yes, yeah. right, the yeah. Cassandra. Yeah. So I would like to see a story about what Spock did on those following years, in which they had to remake the world, in which he's now a misborn. But I mean, I feel like I emphasized a lot on the philosophical and emotional side of the the Sazed arc. But if we're going to speak about the spook arc, we have to speak about how cinematic it was. Oh, yeah. Because his arc and probably Vince's fights are, like, out of this world, literally. Yeah. And, and also, like, figurative because, oh my, <laughs> the drama. The drama is built so nice in those scenes. You can see them. When you read these paragraphs, you can see that thing. You can feel the tension. You can smell the smoke. Yeah, it's ah, it's, it's so amazing. good. And, like, him jumping out of the burning building and, like, making eye contact with the citizen was just so dramatic and so cinematic. Especially when you've got, like, his friends standing there being like wait is that spook <laughs> and like recognizing yes. him like it's all Besides, so amazing the survivor of the flames come on that was amazing that was so 
That was so cool. I loved it. So yeah, I would definitely love to see, I don't know, an animation, a movie, or anything just to see those scenes. Okay, so yeah, we should definitely speak about Bean because she, come on, is the protagonist. And the Ascension, because it's important. As a closure, even if you don't care about the Cosmere, it's a closure for the story. Yeah, I think a lot of her arc in this book is more subtle because like she did a lot of the work in her arc, I feel like in book two, when he, she's trying to reconcile these two like what she sees as like different identities um, of like the um, ska street rat and like the noble woman that she was pretending to be. Um, and so she kind of reconciled those towards the end of Well of Ascension, but like this is having her really play into both of those roles. And I think one of the moments that I really loved, and I think I tabbed it, but I can't find it right now, um, is whenever she mentions, like, yes, I am Elin's knife. I am the knife of this um, empire, and I will do whatever it takes to protect it. That's not a bad thing. He's not using me. Like, this is an act of mm -hmm. love for both him and our empire. And so I am willing to be used, as Zane would say, and, like go forward and do what she needs to do Stupid and so like actively working against like the rhetoric that zane was spouting it was really great to see her kind of be like yeah i am powerful as i'll get out but i'm also a noble woman that likes to go to balls and dance and i can do both things at the same time and be amazing at it and it just it was a more kind of subtle arc because you have like her supporting her friends as they go through their big moments and she just has these little quieter moments throughout that i really appreciated that's very well done and very satisfying because she feels kind of annoying for many people on her struggle between am I being or bullet? Will he want me? Will he not want me? Does he love me? Does he love me not? Blah, blah, blah. And now she's like over all the, those stupid or I don't know if stupid, but she's over those immature worries and she's a strong, powerful woman now. And, and it's nice to see the way that, that she had to struggle to become that. Yeah. But um, regarding being, I am seldom critic about pretty much anything that Brandon does or decides with his stories. But throughout this story, I always feel like Vin is too much of the classic overpowered protagonist. And I don't know, even if there's an explanation, I mean, it's not like as if she was a Mary Sue or... Um, she has like this, it's kind of a plot armor that makes sense, that it's that she was chosen by preservation. I mean, the trope of the chosen one for the protagonist. I always, even after the Wizarding Saga, I have considered that kind of cheap or not super awesome but even if he decides to do that with her here I mean I don't feel so bothered about that because the rest of the things happening are so awesome that it's like oh, okay she's inhaling the mist as if it was like a drug or something she's the one who can do that no we haven't seen anybody else do that even if that doesn't mean she's a hero basis she's the one that ascends and and also wields the power to destroy ruin even if it it ends up kind of destroying both of them. Yeah, and I, I thought that was really interesting because I do also not love Chosen One arcs and stuff like that, like that trope. But I think the thing that 
I really enjoyed about that was the moment when Ruin said, like, yeah, you're not the chosen one. Like, you were just, I don't know if he said this or if it was just, like, mentioned. Now I can't remember. Um, but it was saying, like, you're not the chosen one. It was only because your sister was a, um, oh, what's the word? A seeker? A or whatever the... Yeah, because your sister was the one, the misting. It was just circumstances. It could have been anyone else. There was nothing special about you. It was just that you were misborn and your sister was a seeker. And so it could have been anyone else in that moment. And so seeing that was kind of like, oh, okay. So this was kind of like almost like an accidental chosen one where like. Ruin picked her just to get him to the place that he needed to be, but preservation turned that around. And so I really did kind of enjoy that, kind of turning the trope around, but it did annoy me kind of with the whole like, oh yeah, she's like the chosen one to do all these things in like the first two books that we were getting. Yeah, but now that you put it in those in those terms, I feel less annoyed. I mean, I like that. She was kind of an accident accidental chosen one. And we are saying this, but on the other hand, we are also reading The Wheel of Time, which has like the literal dragon reborn oh arc, yeah. which is probably <laughs> truly is the most the iconic chosen one. chosen one. Okay, major question about her spike, because this was the one thing that's been bothering me for so long. Because okay. I honestly thought there was something like suspicious about her earring in like book two. But I was like, no, there's no way that like nice. anything could have happened with that earring because it's so tiny. And I'm picturing like just a little tiny earring. And then they're like, yeah, for it to be like hemorrhagically charged, someone had to be killed with it. And I'm like, so, so the mom killed her sister with the earring and then like it just it freaked me out so much because I was like even whenever I was like okay it's got to be the earring and that's why like the mistreats her like an inquisitor but it's an earring and she always talks about it being just this tiny little thing and then I saw like a drawing where someone had like a big old like twisted spike and I'm like okay that makes more sense but I'm still confused. I mean Brandon has said several times that the mechanics involved in creating a hemorrhagic spike are very complicated and require a very specific, specifically detailed work because everything is important. I mean mm -hmm. we will get deeper into this in the following episode but Intent is important in the Cosmere as a general rule, and then you have the place in which you, you put the spike, and then you have the, the material mm -hmm. that makes the spike. So there are a lot of things. I mean, Brandon has said that you can make practically anything. I mean, if you want to make, I don't know, a, a dragon that's a misborn with a bone to a spren that it's done, <laughs> whatever, you can do it with hemology. But it's yeah. hard. Okay. Okay, I can accept that. And it's also a black hole. Yes, you can do it. <laughs> yeah, it was probably a messy and bloody and Oof. not pleasant business, the the events surrounding the spiking of Vin. Yeah. Because what happened? I mean, that poor mother. I mean, what if she was oh, yeah. uh, in some part of herself um, acknowledging what she was doing like Marsh mm -hmm. because Marsh was spiked and he still knew a tiny bit of himself still knew what he was doing so what's with this woman I mean the mother yeah. it's terrible it's very sad something I would like to add now that we are speaking about the ascension is that a few minutes ago I referred to 
an event in which Vin destroyed Ruin, which I want to rectify it because it's been made clear that one cannot simply destroy these powers. It's even been explained in here, in this trilogy, that these powers, they will end up coalescing at the Well of Ascension or at its analogous or for Ruin, but these are powers that just are and powers that exist and something very important that we are going to definitely develop in the following episode with spoilers for the rest of the Cosmere but that we can speak because it's learned during the Hero of Ages is that a side of the power that it's the power itself and you have a side of the power that has a conscience why do I say that we learn this on the Hero of Ages? Because we, we see Ruin as the power of decay, but it's intelligent decay. It's decay that can take the shape of your beloved ones, that can manipulate, that can speak to you, that when, when being struck this power, it even like excreted a person. So we have that side of the power that it's connected to someone. But on the other hand, we have the mist that are clearly much less sentient than Ruin. And that is what Ruin was counting on to win this this fight. So I, I would like to remark that it's not the same, the power and the person who wields it. And we see this power of the mist existing in the world as a almost um, natural phenomena, as a weather thing. But then we see it being one with Vin, being totally mixed up and Fused within. Fused is a word that I don't like <laughs> now, but um, I mean, they are together. They are mashed together and they exist like in some kind of overlapped state. And um, well, what happens when, when I, wh what I wanted to correct is that Vin doesn't destroy herself and ruin when she crashes against that force when she sees that Ellen's, Ellen dies. What she does is that she crushes those powers and that incredible uh, collision has the consequence of ejecting the person that were behind those powers and just leaving the raw power itself in that place. And that is what Sayset can take. Yeah, so that's a very, I mean, I don't know if it's something clear on your first time reading the book, because I remember that this ending, I was avenging through it, I was crying, I was sad, I was in a super over-emotional state, and I... I was reading fast, so it was very unclear what happened. I just knew that there was ruin, there was preservation, Vin was dead, and now Seisel is both of ruin and preservation. But if you take a second look at these at these chapters and and you are like paying attention to the details, that's what happens. This Ati person is ejected, Vin is ejected, they are both dead, and the power remains. And that's what Seisel takes. The most remarkable thing about the Hero of Ages is that it's very openly speaking about these colossal events and these colossal shardic mechanics, and it's explaining them. So that's a huge thing for the Cosmere. Uh, great. Uh, so this has been a very long episode. Uh, so I'll just wrap this up. Uh, you can follow us and contact us through all our social media. The links will be in the show notes. Uh, join the Discord. Uh, we love to have conversations there. Uh, and email us at worldtopperspodcast.gmail.com if you uh, ha have any questions you'd like to submit. Or through our Discord is good as well. Or DM us through Instagram. We'll make sure to get Doing. them. And you can also find me on the 17th Shard forums under the profile. Shannon said I am not... 
I mean, I'm on their Discord more than the forums, but if you want to contact me through there, that's also an option. Uh, tell us your feedback, ask us your Especially questions, we'd no. love to hear your thoughts about how we're doing. Let us know what you think of the show and what your favorite moments from the Cosmere have been. We really like to talk about all those things, uh, as well as all your theories regarding what Brandon has going on in his head uh, when it comes to the customer. If you've enjoyed the show, we'd really appreciate a five-star review on iTunes, which will help uh, new listeners find us and build the community around the show. Like, make sure to share the podcast with other Brandon, San- Brandon Sanderson fans you know. Come on, say it. Call him uh, Branderson. Or anyone you want to. <laughs> Branderson, you say the canon now. And anyone you want to introducing this introduced to the series uh, we know how hard it can be like, to try to explain all this to someone without overwhelming them mm-hmm. but that's exactly uh, what we're here for yeah. uh, thanks for listening we know this was a very long episode it was a very good one uh, very exciting and very interesting it was and fun and i'm very excited yes. yeah i'm very excited for our uh, next episode when we can finally get into everything we were holding mm-hmm. back on get ready uh, for, for this that. one for fear of spoilers for the whole Cosmere. So, uh, thanks for listening, and remember, journey before destination. Bye. Bye. Bye.